the Mike Tomlin Game Day Podcast with Steelers Digest Editor Bob Labriola. Okay, I'd like to start today with a little bit of Football 101. The subject is running the football. When you review a running play on video, what would you consider to be a good job by the blocking? Winning the line of scrimmage. You know, there's, you know, and I talk to our team about this often. Uh, in the NFL or any level of football, oftentimes we talk about run efficiency. And on first and 10, that's generally defined as four yards. In an effort to get a four-yard gain, you really got to win the line of scrimmage and the running back has to fall forward. You do those things, you're going to have an efficient running game, and that can be described as an efficient run or an efficient running game. So O-line efficiency is defined by winning the line of scrimmage, particularly uh, at the point of attack, and that's just gaining grass. Um, the rest of it is on the back, and then when you start talking about explosion runs, which is generally defined as 10-yard runs or more, that includes backs making people miss on the second level and wide receiver or perimeter blocking. So a uh, good job by the running back then would be uh, what? Um, making sure that his power consistently falls forward, um, his ability to make people miss on the second and third level, um, and his finishing ability. I, I think those are the unique things that a particular runner brings to a running game. So based on what you said, part of the answer to the first question, uh, on a running play, even if everybody does their job, it's not necessarily designed to go for a touchdown. No, it's not. I mean, not in, not in today's game or today's NFL. They have 11, we have 11. One of your 11 is a quarterback. He's a non-blocker. Um, that's one of the advantages of, of quarterback mobility. When you're playing a team like Baltimore who has Lamar Jackson, he may not be blocking someone, but his play fake pulls a defender because of his running ability. So you level the playing field, and it's essentially even numbers. But generally, when you have a quarterback who is a non-mobile quarterback or not a threat in that way, uh, it's really 11 on 10 in regards to the running game. So by virtue of that, no, each play is not designed to – to score. You mentioned running efficiency on first down is four yards. How does that change then as you get into the later downs and the different downs and distances? You know, I've been around people that have defined it differently. Uh, Whenever it's a possession down, it's a line to gain, whatever that may be. Uh, If it's third down and one and you get one and a half yards, it's an efficient run. If it's third and two and you get one and a half yards, it's not an efficient run. Uh, So a lot of it is defined by situations, and that's why I use that one-on-one term of first and ten. Does the use of a fullback telegraph for the defense where the running play is going to go? No, what specifically the use of a fullback does is create another gap. Um, By offensive play design, a runner can follow the fullback or he cannot follow the fullback some plays start full flow and then they end up split flow some plays start split flow and end up full flow so where the fullback goes doesn't dictate anything other than there's an additional gap that needs to be defended that's created by his entry run to daylight was a title of a book by vince lombardi and it was also his philosophy on running the football is that pretty much standard in the league like the back looks for the opening and hits it, or are there plays where he is supposed to be at a specific spot at a specific time and trust that the hole is going to open? Per the defensive structure you're looking at, it's really kind of prescribed in today's game where that daylight is. Um, It's not a blanket term in terms of him looking D-to-D gap and finding daylight. Uh, Based on weeks preparation and scouting and and game plan development, uh, he has a pretty good idea where that daylight's going to be. Um, And defenses have stunts and they change fronts and thus the chess match of finding the daylight. 
Uh, but it is it's not a hide and seek type of a thing. Uh, there's some preparation involved. Um, if you're good and experienced, you got a pretty good understanding of where it is and and how to hit it. Has the way teams run the football changed since you started in the NFL as an assistant in 2001? It has. It's, but it's also cycles. Um, things are in vogue for a while and new and trendy, and other things disappear and. Uh, over time, they reappear, and a lot of it has to do with what the opposing side of the ball is doing or not doing. Um, is is just the reality of it. What is what what is in vogue now? You know, um, being able to defend uh, quarterback mobility. Um, for a while there, like when I first came into the league in the early 2000s, people that had evolved away from the 3-4 scheme and into the 4-3 scheme. Um, as passing became more prevalent, man, that one gap – penetrating vertical rush associated with four down people uh, became prevalent. Well, in the last five to ten years, you've seen a resurgence of three, four schemes because offenses are so multiple with all the perimeter running and jet sweeps and quarterback mobility. It provides an edge for a defense to have people on the end of your line in two-point stance with better peripheral vision and giving you more adjustability because they're stand-up people than having four down linemen in the game, for example. Uh, okay, when you and the coaching staff are preparing the game plan for an upcoming opponent, is all of the work done on a particular day, say Tuesday, if it's a normal Sunday game on the on the schedule? You know, we have certain work scheduled for certain days, um, and then we review that work, and then we look at other areas. Uh, Tuesday is, is a significant day, but that's just base game planning, our stuff versus their stuff, critical matchups, our high-volume stuff versus their high-volume stuff. But then you get into more minutia as the week goes on. Wednesday is about possession downs. Thursday is about red zone, short yardage, goal line. Friday is about two-minute, et cetera. Um, all the things that you need to cover – have a regular scheduled approach in terms of covering it. The stuff that's done early in the week is the stuff that comprise a lot of the snaps of the game. Your high-volume stuff, their high-volume stuff, critical matchup things, first and second down football. So it's not a situation where Wednesday the players show up at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock, whenever the first meeting is, you hand them something and that's like their – The game plan is in development right up until kickoff in today's game. It's just the reality of it. Well, uh, why does it work that way? Do you like? I understand when you say you you devote certain days to certain things, but do you change? Like, would you go back and some of the things maybe you decided to do or not do on Tuesday, uh, Thursday afternoon? Think, well, let's maybe we absolutely, that. absolutely, um, and it might, you know be because of a variety of variables. Maybe something might be an attractive thing that we want to explore because we've seen other people do it to the opponent. But if we practice a couple of days and we don't like our execution of it, whatever it is, then we take it out. Um, Or we may think something is less important, but as a week goes on, it becomes evident that it is more important than we initially thought, and it needs to be addressed. So that's why it is whatever it is, is continually tweaked and worked uh, right up until kickoff. A victory over the Colts today would make your team 4-4 four and four at the midway point. Uh, understanding that you'd rather be 8-0, what would it mean to get to 4-4 four and four, uh, and tell you about this team based on the circumstances that it has faced to this point? That we got a chance to be relevant. And, and that's what you asked for it to turn. But but sidebar, um, we've probably been through more than most who have a chance to be relevant, and hopefully that's an asset to us. Um, the scarring, the hardening, 
the things associated with with our journey to this point is an asset for us as we proceed. Is that real or is that just something that fans like to talk about? You know, you often hear uh, if a team does something in the latter portion of a game to pull out a victory. And then people or analysts or ex-players might say, well, the next time they're in that situation, they will know in their hearts and in their minds that they can get that done. Does that is that real? It's like a it's like a boxer who's got a got a chin and he knows it. Uh, you know, you're not knocking him out. There's certain guys you watch as fighters. I'm a big combat sport fan, MMA guy. There's some guys that you're going to point or they're going to beat you. You're not knocking them out. And it's because they're, they, they've got a general aptitude in that area, but they also they got a knowledge of their strengths. And I think that when you've been through something and you consistently come through the other side, it strengthen you, strength, strengthens you for the for similar challenges that lie ahead. That's just the reality of sport competition. Uh, Darius Leonard, the Colts linebacker, uh, when you studied him the year he came out in the draft, what did you think of him? thought he was really talented, man. thought he was really rangy. I uh, thought he was highly productive. All the things that you see him doing now, uh, you just had questions about the, the stage that he did it on, just like people had questions about the stage that Javon Hargraves did it on because they played together. <laughs> um, but guys can play coming out of that place, as, as those two guys illustrate. Do the Colts utilize Darius Leonard similarly in any way to how you like to utilize Devin Bush? Um, in that, he's an all-situations linebacker, um, no question. Um, but you think about the top-flight linebackers on any team, um, they're all situations players, and, and that's what being top flight means. You can't be minimized by circumstance or by offensive personnel group. Um, there are a variety of personnels defensively in today's game. There's base defense, there's nickel, there's dime, uh, there's an influx of players, there's rundown D linemen, there's pass down D linemen. The reality is, is that that all situations linebacker is a guy that has a chance to be a hub of communication because he's always on the field. He's the defensive quarterback, if you will. Those are the guys now that are taken extremely high in the draft. Those are the guys that go across the water. Uh, when going across the water was defined as being a pro bowler, um, those are the guys that got the green dot on their helmet now because they are on the field and they're a hub of communication. Is he their key guy on defense? Without question. Good luck today. Thank you. That's the Mike Tomlin Show brought to you by your neighborhood Ford store. Ford, the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm Bob Labriola. Bill Hillgrove, Tunch Ilkin, Craig Wolfley, and Missy Matthews are next as we count down to kickoff. You're listening to the Pittsburgh Steelers Football Network.